right, guys, welcome back. Um, gonna be super short this week. Just gonna warn you about that right now for a couple of reasons. Um, one, I know that you guys would rather hear from the coaches than what I have to say. So I'll just give you more time with that. But two, <laughs> school is actually, I that's my brain right now. Like the dog and up. Like, I just, I have so much to do and so little time and even less motivation than the amount of time. <laughs> so I just, um, yeah, today's my work from home day, which is the day that I typically record the podcast, but also have like multiple research proposals to like finish slash work on in an outline for a final paper due tomorrow in a different class. And I just like, I gotta get that done and I gotta focus on that. Um, so as much as I would love to sit here and BS about volleyball with you, I can't this week. So what I'm gonna do instead is run you through the standings because I would rather, I would rather put something out and let you know my thoughts because this week is like, this is the worst week for me to not have a lot of time because the standings are wild, wild, wild standings right now. Um, so like, I would rather put something out and give you something to like munch on and ponder um, as we near the end of the season, than just like stay quiet and not say anything at all. Cause I already feel like I've been slacking by doing the whole bi-weekly thing. Sorry about that. Um, it just worked a whole lot better for me. So um, yeah, this is like, I feel like I'm talking faster than normal. I talk fast, like, typically. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know. This is, this, like, this, what I'm doing right here, right now, is going to double as, like, my outlet from school and my therapy session all in one. So, congratulations. Welcome to Madison's therapy session. Okay, let's talk about these standings. If you would have told me a month and a half ago that Denver was going to be at the top of the league, I would have said, you are friggin' acorns, man. No, not a chance. With that, if you would have told me that Omaha was going to be tied at the top of the league with Denver, who was, Omaha was like one and seven at one point. Granted, a lot of the power five opponents, like I'm not to take anything away from that. Um, but like just the beginning of the season, I was just like not seeing it, you know, Denver and Omaha are both nine and three. Denver's six and zero at home. Um, Omaha's five and two at home, and Omaha has only lost one on the road. So, who's going to be your number one seed going into the conference tournament? I don't really know. I don't really know. I'm trying not to sneeze. I'm sorry. Um, I think it's either going to be Denver, Omaha, or Kansas City. That's what I'll tell you. And you might be like, well, Madison, those are the top three teams right now. Yeah, but they've also been the top three teams for the majority of the season. Or at least the last little bit. Kansas City and Omaha for sure. Denver has kind of like jumped in there as well. Um, so yeah, Denver and Omaha tied for first at nine and three. In third at eight and three is Kansas City. I don't have a bad thing to say about Kansas City. Um, the matches that they've lost have been really hard fought matches. I really like what I'm seeing from them. Um, definitely a win by committee team. We'll see. 
we'll see what's to come. I'm going to go through the schedule with you um, in a hot minute as well. Let me just pull that up right now because I have one pulled up on my iPad, but not the other. But I think it's important to think about, like looking at where these teams are, it's important to think about who's playing who. You'll hear in my interview with Coach Dean George Alice, hear it a little bit, how he talked about the five matches they have left They're playing three teams ahead of them, two teams behind them. Um, and they are in, in a little bit more danger of not making the tournament than some of these other teams. So it's important to think about that. Um, Denver has, who do they have left? Oral Roberts, Kansas City is who they're playing on Saturday. See, so like that's important because they're, you know, in first and third right now. Um, Omaha, who's right behind them. And Oral Roberts again. So Denver has Oral Roberts twice in the matches, the five matches or four or five matches that they have left. And then they also play Omaha and Kansas City, who they are tied with first, tied for first with, and Kansas City's in third. I rest my case. This is why this is so important. Um, North Dakota State is in fourth at eight and four. South Dakota is in fifth at seven and four. These are two teams that I thought would be a little higher at this point. But at the same time, I want to reiterate and really stress to you that fourth and fifth in the Summit League in its current state is not a big deal. Fourth and fifth is in the conference tournament. And at this point, again, which you'll hear in my interview with Dandro Dallas later, at this point, the way that the league is going, anybody can win that conference tournament. I've been telling you that. I've been saying things like that for a while. I felt that way last year, but now you're hearing it from a coach as well. Um, so you know that I, I'm beefing up, I'm citing my sources here. Um, <laughs> I'm not the only one that feels that way. So yes, NDSU and USD are in fourth and fifth. At this point, especially with matches left, I, this could change. USD could be in first by the end of the season. Um, they, they very well could be. They might be. I have no idea. But I just think it's important to remember that, sure, this isn't the top three. But I think that a lot of the teams in the league have been playing like their top three. So we'll see what happens. Um, South Dakota State is in sixth alone in sixth place. They're five and six right now. Again, interviewed Dandor Dallas for this episode, so you'll get to hear a little bit about that. So I won't talk too much about them right now. Um, but they, as as I mentioned that he said, three of their final five matches are with teams that are ahead of them. So I think it'll be important for them um, to get some clutch wins. As of right now, they are safe for getting into the conference tournament, but UND is only... Actually, I'm not sure how many games behind them. Um, SDSU is five and six. UND is three and nine. I Why am I not good at math? I don't know how many games back that is. If I'd had more time, I would have figured it out. Um, but it can't be only two because they're... Hold on. Five and six is 11. Three and nine is 12, right? <laughs> I don't do math. This is why I am a doc student in communication. Not math or stats and this is why I, I i know it's all mixed methods but 
and I'm not supposed to like identify myself. Dr. Compton sees this. She's going to lose her crap. Um, primarily a qualitative scholar for a reason. <laughs> Quantitative research is not my thing. Anyway, SDSU needs to protect itself is all I'm saying. Some insurance wins would be good. A little bit of padding going into the tournament would be good so that they don't accidentally get knocked out of that at the last minute. SDSU was a team a few years ago um, who would have finally made the conference tournament for the first time. And and I don't know how long, but COVID, you know, cut it from six teams to four. So then they got screwed out of that. In my opinion, I'm a jackrabbit. So I think they got screwed. Other people might say that it's just procedure, but that's me. Um, And then, you know, finally started to make the conference tournament again has been really close to beating USD, but just not quite able to do it for whatever reason. I think that if the Jacks get into the tournament, you might be surprised at what they see. They just need to make sure that they get there. So that's all I'm saying. Some insurance wins, some padding might be good for them. On the other hand, UND needs to kick it into gear if they want to make the tournament. Um, St. Thomas can't play in the postseason. Oral Roberts is one in 10. So obviously not looking great for them. Even if they won out, I don't think that that would do anything for them um, outside of morale's purposes at this point. So North Dakota is really the only team that has a fighting chance to knock somebody out. Um, someone who would, who would be in right now. So North Dakota kind of needs to kick it into gear, get it together. They played some really good matches as their Twitter account has bantered and beefed with me. Um, I tweeted something about, um, I think, gosh, last Thursday or yeah, last Thursday, NDSU, I think in their first set, I think it was NDSU and whoever they were playing went to like 30 points. It was like 30 to 28. And I retweeted it. And I was like, if you guys are going to play five sets tonight, like you can't do this in the five set because I have class tomorrow. I'm not doing it. Like I'm not doing it. And UND's Twitter account infamously replied and said, five sets, that's our Thursday night special. And I was like, yeah, I'm well aware. Like the guilty five set guilty party has been UND, Kansas City, SDSU. <laughs> now Denver has played a couple of five set matches. Um, yeah, I love five set matches, just not on a school night, y'all. Save that for Saturday. No Thursday night specials, please. Um, but UND, if you want to get into the conference tournament, you might need a few more Thursday night specials and you're going to need to win them. Um, God, I feel like I'm salty and savage today. I don't, I'm, I, I like try to be positive. Nobody get offended. This is just me like beefing. Again, my therapy session, like I said. Um, yeah, St. Thomas is two and 10. St. Thomas just had a very good win. Um, the five set win over North Dakota State on October 14th. And then they lost a few. And then they beat North Dakota three to one um, last week. So again, going back to the Tang Fam interview, as he said, the wins will come. He he said he's stubborn enough that he knows they're gonna come and the team does as well. Um, and it looks like they're starting to see the fruits of their labor even a little bit, even if it's just a win here and there. So super happy for them in that regard. Um, obviously want them to do well. And I'm excited to see what they'll do in following seasons as they start to get closer to being postseason eligible. Um, Oral Roberts picked up their lone win back on October 7th, actually over St. Thomas, a three to one win. They've been winning 
sets here and there. Most of their losses, not most, a good chunk of their losses have been sweeps. Um, looks like these past, well, no, these past couple weeks have been sweeps, except for the um, one to three loss to Kansas City last weekend. They did win a set there. Made it interesting for a while down in Tulsa, too. I was not sure what was going to happen. Um, but again, another team that is just going to need some time to put something together. I'm really hopeful that we can get Coach Ward on the show. I'm not sure. Um, you know, scheduling, it's, you know, my schedule, their schedule, whatever. Like, sometimes it just doesn't work out. So really hopeful that we can work out a time um, if he's interested to grab him on the show. If I have any listeners down in Tulsa, if you could rally the troops to make that happen, that would be great because I would love to sit down with him and just hear his perspective on um, how the season has gone and the good things that he's seeing from his team. So let's talk um, upcoming schedule. Well, actually, just kidding. I'm going to let you listen to the Dandra Dallas interview, and then I'll come back and make predictions that are probably bogus anyway. So be back in a few. Welcome back, Summit Volleyball fans. We have got South Dakota State head volleyball coach Dandor Jallis with us today. Coach, thanks for taking some time before your road trip to hang out with me for a little bit. Yeah, I appreciate the invitation. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're just going to jump in. So you guys are five and six in the conference this year, but three of those wins actually came in your last three matches. Obviously, you want to be playing your best volleyball at this time of the season. So just talk to me a little bit about the course of the season and how you were able to figure those things out. Uh, yeah, you know, this was kind of uh, a bigger turnover year for us just with um, graduating some seniors and especially some fifth year players. So we knew we had a younger team coming in and um, injury bug kind of bit us early and often, and it seems to still be biting us a little bit here and there. Um, so we kind of knew that you know, we could take our licks maybe in the first half of the season and um, we'd get healthier here at this time. And and we are doing that and stringing together a couple of good performances. And uh, I think our team is really bought into, you know, playing our best volleyball at this time of the year is, is ultimately the goal. So we feel like we got a little bit of momentum going into the conference tournament and we're excited for the final five matches and two and a half weeks that we have in front of us. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's a great segue because I want to talk about the um, five-set win over Kansas City. What kind of impressed you? It seemed to me like that that match, that specific win, um, kind of started the shift in the conference standings for everybody. So I want to know what impressed you and what do you want to carry from that match through the rest of your schedule? Yeah, you know, we've been playing really competitively with them for a couple of years. Um, our matches against them last, last season were barn burners and we kind of we, we split our two matches. We wanted their place and they wanted ours. Um, so this year it kind of flipped. Um, you know, we got to win our home game and they won theirs. And there was a five setter there where we had a couple match points. We played really, really uh, below average, you know, to start that game. And we really fought back uh, after going down 2-0. And we had two to three different match points in the fifth set at their place. And ultimately, um, they just played a little bit stronger than us and, and took that one. So we knew we could compete with them, started out really strongly um, and ultimately went five and we were on the right side of the results. So 
Uh, I just think our, our team has a lot of confidence that we can compete with anybody. You know, we very rarely are getting blown out and, and swept um, by any team where it's just very lopsided uh, statistically. Um, we feel like we can compete with everybody in the league. And, you know, we just played really good that day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to take a minute to highlight a couple of players. You mentioned that you you had a lot of turnover in our very young team. You do have one fifth year in Akila Jefferson. Um, who was out with injury, came back, took a little more time, and is now back. So I just want to know about her her fifth-year contributions to the team, both on and off the court. Yeah, you know, I keep calling our um, – I keep calling Akilah our, our most important leader that we have. Um, we only have one senior, and it's Akilah, fifth-year senior. We have no four-year seniors, um, and then I think four in the junior class. So we're very bottom-heavy in freshmen and sophomores, and Akilah actually has a two-year gap. Um, from the junior class there. So we, we get to call her grandma and we just think her voice is really, really important. Um, had a season ending injury last year and kind of had a setback uh, in the spring. And we invited her back to be around the team one more year and the structure of, of working out and, and all of that I thought would be really, really good for the long-term health of her knee. And now she's fully cleared and, and helping us out in a couple different roles. She had a couple couple matches starting on the right side. And um, we got her in the front row at the left uh, position against St. Thomas a little bit and has come in at a couple different positions as a serving sub for us. So really doing my best to give her a great senior experience here in her in her fifth year. Um, but she's someone who just really cares a lot. Um, she's kind of that last player I've, I've inherited, um, as the new coach who came in, you know, three, four years ago. And she knew, she knew where this program was at and she's been through a lot of seasons. And I like asking her kind of what her favorite memories are because some of our newer players don't realize kind of, um, what we've done in previous seasons, marquee wins and, and the growth we've had. And Akila knows how to kind of remind us all of where we've come from. Yeah, for sure. Um, speaking of being bottom heavy and the turnover, it seemed to me, at least as in this position and as a Jack Rabbit fan, who's going to replace Sydney Andrews and Crystal Burke, right? And Sylvie's guns showed up and said, watch me, <laughs> and is making a tremendous impact. So I just want to know kind of your thoughts on her style of play and how that's impacted the team. Yeah, I mean, Sylvie's been tremendous. She's been, um, you know, a starter the entire year and playing six rotations as a, a freshman left side is no easy task. Um, clearly scoring with some of the best in the league. You know, Katie Von Egdom, our, our sophomore, I think is second in kills per set. And Sylvie's right behind her at third. So certainly a lot of our, our offense is going through the left position this year. Um, but Sylvie's productivity speaks for itself. She's got an absolute hammer. She's very terminal. She's shown a lot of growth this year, especially in blocking and defense. And really the last couple weeks, um, her passing has, has really been phenomenal. And I, I feel like that's kind of what she struggled with most to begin the year as a freshman. So she's really becoming that all around player that Crystal was and did so well. You know, Crystal was a phenomenal scorer and a very clutch player for us. Everyone could depend on her. We certainly miss her leadership and her voice. Um, but Sylvie is definitely kind of under, understanding how to impact the game, not just with her attacking skill, but with the back row, with the blocking. Uh, very terminal server. She's got a great aggressive serve. Um, so Crystal was a big hole to fill, and Sylvie um, naturally um, filled a lot of that without trying. Yeah, absolutely. 
I actually, I'm going to deviate from my schedule here. Um, I feel like we also have to talk about Sydney Shetton and just bringing in a different, you know, a power five experience. How has her voice kind of contributed? Yeah. I mean, Sydney wants to win. Um, you know, she wants, she wants to, she wants to win championships here. And that's why, that's why it was a good fit. Um, you know, her, her blocking, her physicality was certainly a need for our team. Um, but she fits our culture. Well, you know, we've been building the last three, four seasons and, um, she got to go to the final four with both Louisville, Louisville basketball and Louisville volleyball. So I don't think too many people's too many people can say that, that story that she has. Um, so she's got a lot of jackrabbit pride and family connections to this university. And ultimately I think it was a good fit and her personality is unique and goofy and, and we love her for who she is. And, um, she's, she's been really flexible with us as we manage some injuries. She's played, um, right side. She's been playing middle for us. Um, and she's doing a good job of just being a good teammate and, and doing what the team needs most. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I want to shift gears and talk about your setters. I remember asking you last year when you might use Carly Wadle versus Reagan Riley. And I see you doing a little bit of that again um, with Reagan Riley and Riley Martin. So is there a philosophy there that you can share? Or is it kind of just like the feel of the set when you make those changes? No, I mean, I love Carly Wadle to death. Um, you know, she was able to come back for a match uh, recently and it was just great to see uh, her as, as an alumna. Um, but we're, we're kind of... Um, we've had a lot of difficult decisions this year. We feel like Reagan and, and Riley are just both two really talented setters and it's tough to make that decision. Um, they're very similar in some ways um, and, and different in others. And we think that helps the team in, in different phases. So um, they've been, I think the best position group we've had this season, just in terms of, Hey, how do we push each other, but how do we still be friends and good teammates? Because they both had the opportunity to run a five, one, we've been in a six, two with both of them. We've kind of been in the five, five, two most recently with the two of them. And they're a great leadership example for our group as to, Hey, you know, you want competition at every position that that daily battle helps both of those players grow. But at the same time, they're both great voices. They're both great leaders. Um, it's, it's been a weird season, you know, Reagan broke our all time single season assist record last year. And here we are not letting her run a five one this year. So, um, that's certainly a, a coaching decision we take ownership in and Reagan's handled, handled that with a lot of class and she understands, and she knows that, um, you know, she, she, she trusts the coaches and, and the decisions we make and, I'm just really grateful that we have two setters that are so talented, such good leaders, such good defenders, and ultimately just two two individuals who have really, really high character. They're, they're great ambassadors for our program. Yeah, thanks for that insight. I appreciate that. Um, my last serious question before we get to the fun stuff actually comes from our listener, Troy G from Sioux Falls, trusty Troy. Um, he wants to know just about how the Summit League standings look right now and are we, you know, is that due to just transfers and seniors or are we kind of seeing the growth at all levels play out um, in the Summit League this year? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, <clears throat> I think I've watched a couple of the the interviews you've done um, so far, always trying to pick up little nuggets that I could gain on on upcoming opponents and stuff like that. So, <laughs> um, you know, I'm not not salty at all that, you know, being an SDSU grad, my interview came so so late in the season. I think we're lucky to have such a unbiased um, perspective and coverage for our league. So I, I think that's really good. And we're, we're grateful for that. But um, the league is different this year. Other coaches have commented on it. Um, there's a lot of parity. Um, you know, 
the conference standings right now. First and second have three losses, and there's, what, three teams after that that are all tied with four losses. So um, I think it's a combination of all of the teams getting better. I think the middle of the league got better. I think the bottom of the league got better. Um, and then I think we all kind of had some bigger graduating classes and, and maybe other programs didn't have the size of graduating classes that SDSU did, but they lost really key contributors. So I think this was just kind of like a big turnover year is the, is the way I see it. Um, and it's provided a lot of fun volleyball. I think the last, you know, four to five matches are going to be really, really interesting for conference standing implications. Um, we play three teams ahead of us. We play two teams below us um, to finish our five matches. A lot of the teams ahead of us are playing each other. So I think there's going to be a lot of conference movement. And this might be the most co interesting conference tournament yet um, in my time at SDSU. I think you're going to see some upsets. I think you're going to see some five setters. I think you're going to get six teams into Vermillion um, right before Thanksgiving. And I think any team can beat anybody with, with how we've seen results go so far this year. There you go, listeners. Someone else besides me said it. So you know that I'm not full of BS when I say that. Um, all right. I have just a few fun questions for you. So I want to know if there was one non-conference match that you could have back, a do-over, get the win, which which one would it be? I think I know, but Ooh. I just I want your perspective. That's a good question. Um, yeah, I mean, we spent all the non-conference on the road. You know, the Frost Arena yeah. renovations um, did not allow us to host a non-conference tournament. So our first home game was September 28th this year. We started our season. Um, I hope I get this right. We started our season with 14 straight road games. I mean, that's that's a terrible schedule I put together for our team. Uh, and it, it, it was challenging. If there's one game that's that sticks out, maybe Kent State. Uh, week two um, against at the Iowa tournament. That was a five setter um, that I just didn't prepare us well enough for. They played really, really well that day. We, we, there was a kind of a stressed out version of us. That's, that's never good. We like to be happy and free. So the Kent state game um, comes to mind week two, um, week three, um, maybe the uh, Tennessee tech game, uh, another kind of battle against a team that was picked high in their league um so those kind of those kind of stick out uh in in terms of hey we, we would have loved to have gone to that road tournament and brought home two wins instead of one and that helps maybe the confidence and momentum for our younger group maybe a little bit differently yeah i definitely would have kent said kent state as well which is weird for me because i'm currently a kent state student um but haley ackerman's got a heck of a team there yeah. so that was that was certainly a fun match but my allegiances were divided that yeah. day yeah. um if you could schedule any team who would it be? If I could schedule any team, who would it be? That's a good one. I mean, we I think we really challenged ourselves this year. We went to two Power 5 teams and two Mountain West schools. Um, I thought the the strength of schedule, you know, before our season started was, was the best we had put together. And lots of road games um, certainly won't happen again, hopefully in the future. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we would love to play a, a Big Ten team in the future. Um, you know, Reagan's uh, little sister Bergen is is playing at Nebraska. So, um, you know, Reagan's got one more year with us. It'd be fun to kind of get the two of them on the court together. And certainly they're breaking records for, for volleyball attendance. And they're always kind of the uh, marquee program in the country um, for growing the sport of volleyball and stuff like that. So if I could schedule any team, uh, I think it would be fun. 
um, for the Riley family to see both of their daughters on the court together uh, next year. Absolutely. Um, what song gets you on the dance floor in the locker room after a big win? <laughs> I mean, a win gets me on the dance floor. It doesn't, you don't need That's music. Fair. So. <laughs> That's fair. Um, oh man, no, I'm not too much of a dancer. Our team knows that. So um, I'll leave it to them though. They're, they're good with the music and hooking up the aux cord and, you know, I encourage them to play music and practice and bring the speaker along for locker room dance parties and stuff like that. So um, whatever they do behind closed doors is, is their business. So but we, we got some good we got some good girls with rhythm. I think there's there's some dancers on the team. OK, noted. Um, and then my last question, what is a memorable moment for you this season? Um. Yeah, I mean, off the court, this is the first season with our baby Henry, so that's kind of been fun. The Kansas City game was the first win he got to see uh, at home, so um, that one sticks out. Uh, coach Posey is by far my favorite coach in the Summit League. You know, we have a history together that that goes back over 10 years, and uh, she hired me as a student manager at, at Kansas um, way back when, so shout out Coach Posey, and she recruited Allison, my assistant, who played at University of Kansas, so she has a connection with her as well. Um, so that five setter, I think, is, is memorable um, for sure. I think it really just was that proving point for our team. You know, Kansas City was in first or a half game back of first at that point. And if, if we could beat them at the top of the standings, we could beat anybody. So um, I like that one um, a lot uh, so far. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thanks so much, uh, listeners. The they're five and six. They're headed to Fargo tonight to play NDSU before hosting Oral Roberts on Saturday. And coach, thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Appreciate you having us. And thanks for the coverage on the league. All right, listeners, welcome back. I hope that you enjoyed the seventh rotation sit down with Dan George Alice. I certainly did as a former Jackrabbit. Um, I have loved watching just the way that he's revolutionized the program and the culture, as mentioned, um, Jack Rabbit Volleyball was kind of in a slump for a really long time. And whenever he came in, I can't remember if it's been, what, four years? I've been out of grad school that long, bro. Oh, my goodness. Um, I was in grad school from 2019 to 2021. And he came in, I think, in 2019. I think my first year. But it might have been my second. I'm not sure. But anyway, um, just going to those games and seeing – more fans start to show up and the culture start to shift and, you know, more wins and just more excitement in the face of adversity. I think it's really cool what he's done with that program. And I'm definitely really grateful for the opportunity to um, sit down with him and chat about that. So I hope that you enjoyed that. Upcoming coach interviews, hopefully no promises, nothing confirmed, but again, I would love to get coach Luke Ward on the show from Oral Roberts and then, of course, that leaves uh, South Dakota and Leanne Williamson. So those are the last two for the season that I'm hoping to get. Again, no promises, but that is where I'm going next. If you're wondering, you know, where we've been and who's left, that is who would be left. Let's talk about upcoming matches and make some likely bogus predictions. <laughs> um, okay, so tonight, Thursday night. Denver travels to Tulsa, a 5 p.m. match on the Summit League Network. I'm going to go. 
I feel so bad saying Denver's going to sweep because I feel like Oral Roberts does have the ability to win sets here and there. Um, but the way Denver's playing right now, I'm going to go Denver three to one or three to nothing. I'm sorry. Denver, I think, is going to sweep Oral Roberts. Next match, Omaha at Kansas City. <laughs> I I can't even. I can't even. Okay. Kansas City plays really well at home. Let me actually, let's check out their stats. If you're wondering what I'm doing, I'm scrolling on my iPad um, <laughs> to like find stuff. I'm so underprepared today. It's okay. I think that you guys know that I'm just a tad bit unhinged and you're starting to see that a little bit if you didn't, if you didn't see it before. Um, Kansas City, yeah, four and one at home, four and two on the road. Who was their home loss to? I feel like I remember it. Why can't I find it? Oh, yeah. When North Dakota State swept them last week. Um, I don't want to take anything away from North Dakota State because that is a a killer volleyball team. No pun intended. But, like, that is that is a, a great volleyball team and a great program run by a great coach and an even better human. So, like, I don't – when I say that it was weird, CDK – I'm sorry. My dog is in my office. Um, when I say that it was weird, I don't mean like, oh, it's weird. North Dakota State's not even good. Not that at all. Not taking anything away from, from NDSU. When I say that it's weird, I think that Kansas City is really good at home. Like I started this whole rant by saying. So for them to get swept at home, I've, I just, I, I feel like I, I mean, I know I watched that match. I just can't, my brain is dead. I can't remember, but um. I don't know. I feel like Kansas City maybe wasn't at their best if they're getting swept at home. That is all I'm saying. So back to this Omaha, Kansas City thing. Kansas City is really good at home. Omaha, however, is really good on the road. Um, they have only had one road loss in the conference, and that was at USD, and it was five sets um, just a couple of weeks ago. So... I really don't know. I really don't know. My heart wants to say Kansas City because that makes the most sense to me. But I also think Omaha to me is kind of a sneak attack team. Like I don't really, I think about them as being good. And at the top of the league, but I don't really think about them as like they win everywhere they go, even though they do. And I don't know why my brain does that. Because they're really good. I just think that they like. Maybe it's the win by committee thing, kind of like Kansas City, like maybe it's that they have just so many people that like people don't necessarily stand out. I don't really know. I need to challenge my brain and my biases on that one. Um. I think this match is going to go five. <laughs> That's a cop out, but I think it's going to go five. I'm not going to tell you who I think is going to win, but I think it's going to go five. Hopefully, hopefully somebody agrees with me. Um, Next match tonight, SDSU and NDSU also on the Summit League Network. 
man, I don't know. I don't know. SDSU's three and three on the road. But they're two and three at home. And also keep in mind, like, they just, they basically lived on the road in the non-con. So, like, their traveling's not an issue for them. Um, I think probably NDSU. I think that the BBF is a tough place to play. I think most gyms in the Summit League are a tough place to play, to be honest with you. Um, but I think that NDSU is probably just the momentum that they're riding right now. I think they'll probably come out on top of this one. I don't want to say three to two because I feel like a five set is such a cop out. And I also feel like I say that every time and then it like never goes five sets. And then when I say it's going to be a sweep or something, it does go five sets. So I don't really know. Um, I'm going to say maybe three to one NDSU. But of course, we'll have to see what happens. And then lastly, South Dakota and St. Thomas, I'm going to say USD three to one. I think that USD has the ability to sweep, but I also think that St. Thomas is just firing right now. They're starting to figure it out. They're starting to get in their groove. They're starting to gel. Keep in mind, again, they're really young. They've got like 15 freshmen and sophomores um, and also injuries. And, you know, like I just I think that St. Thomas is really going to surprise us in the next couple of years. And I think that they're starting to show us a little bit of that over these last few matches. I really hope you can't hear my dog right now. And I'm really sorry if you can. Um, she literally has been, I've been in my office since like 8.45 this morning. So three and a half hours. And she has been laying on the futon, taking a little nap. Like she was pretty good during my interview with Coach George Alice as well. And then as soon as I started recording this, she had to get up, she had to stretch, she had to flap her ears, jingle her collar liquor pause, whatever the heck else she's doing back there. I'm not going to turn around because I don't want to know. Um, but yeah, apologies if you can hear that. So any who's, um, those are the four matches coming up tonight. Again, Denver at ORU, Omaha at Kansas City, SDSU at NDSU, and USD at St. Thomas. Not going to give you predictions for Saturday because I don't know what's going to happen tonight, but I will tell you um, what the matches are and where they are. So Omaha will be at St. Thomas on Saturday at noon, Denver at Kansas City on Saturday at 1, North Dakota at USD on Saturday at 2, and ORU at SDSU on Saturday at 7. All of those are on the Summit League Network. That kind of day is my favorite. I love Saturdays and we can spread them out, even if they're only an hour apart, um, partially because Midco slash summit league network only lets you watch three screens at once instead of four and i'm so mad about it midco if i have four volleyball games going on at the same time on a thursday night i want to watch them all and what about basketball you know that's going to be crazy that's a crapshoot give me four screens please i'm begging you um but yeah anyways so on saturday midco like when you only have three screens and the matches are spread out like that at least an hour apart I can watch all three of them. And then when the fourth one is later, that allows me to watch all of the matches. So I do appreciate that about Saturdays. I also like that it just gives me volleyball throughout the day. Um, and I can sprinkle football in there. We're always like switching back and forth, except one of our TVs. So we have two Samsung TVs 
And um, one of them we have like an Amazon Fire plugged into and the other one we don't. The one, our apartment came furnished. So the one that came with the apartment, we don't have an Amazon Fire thing for or a Roku or anything. It's just, it's a smart TV, but it's Samsung. Midco's app is not compatible with Samsung. So we can't watch any Midco content on that TV. Um, So that makes it hard when there are three volleyball games. I usually have to have um, a laptop. Ma'am, are you done? Um, I usually have to have a laptop or an iPad up if there's three volleyball games at once because I can't watch Midco on the third um, TV. And it gets really dicey when, like, Jackrabbit football is also on Midco or whatever. Um, Yeah, but we make it work. I am very good at switching back and forth and constantly scrolling on Twitter to see, like, if, you know, if there's a match that I need to switch back to or whatever. So, anywho's. Um, I love how I said it was going to be short and I actually spent like 25 minutes with you all today. Um, but thank you for listening to my job or thank you for tuning into the interview with coach George Alice. Please tune in over the next few weeks, um, to see how this thing ends and who makes the conference tournament. That is all I have for you. Please go watch volleyball tonight. See you on the summit. Deuces. <laughs>